Hello, everybody, and welcome to Your Little Sister's Productions, Missed Opportunities. Today, we are doing another Christmas movie. It is the Netflix original, The Night Before Christmas. That's night with a K. And it stars Vanessa Hudgens and some beautiful blonde guy whose name I did not write down. Um, (laughs) I don't know if he's British or American either, but he does a British accent and sometimes an American one. Yes, I don't know. But um, so that's the movie that we're going to be talking about today. But before we dive into it, Laura has uh, some information for you guys. So as you know, we have been doing a lot of giveaways, or if you're new here, you did not know that, but we've been doing a lot of giveaways over the holidays, and we are not done yet. So as we speak, there is a giveaway going on on our uh, Facebook and Instagram. Go ahead and give us a like, find our post about the giveaway. There will be rules on how to enter. It's super easy. Basically, just make sure that you like and follow us on Instagram and Facebook, comment um what your favorite or least favorite holiday movie is and why we might see if we can cover it on our podcast and go ahead and also tag some friends that you think might be interested in listening to our movie reviews and then share the post it's really simple very easy and the prizes are really really cool and awesome especially with the holidays coming up if you're stumped for a prize and you see something on our page that you think would work go ahead and enter it and you have a great chance of winning Yeah, definitely. Um, We have great prizes and um, it's really easy to win, really easy to enter. Um, Basically, just do all the stuff that you should be doing anyway, which is liking and sharing and commenting and all the stuff that we just want you to do anyway to help us out uh, with the algorithm and everything like that and keep us uh, keep us all all your friends abreast of us. So we'll go ahead and start with a summary of the Netflix original movie. It is a romantic comedy and uh, a holiday romantic comedy, and obviously. So it starts out in 1334, a week before Christmas, and we meet Sir Cole, and his little brother is about to become a knight just like him. Are, I don't know, doing some nightly ceremony, and they follow a, or they release a falcon into the wild or you know and the knights all go and they're gonna go chase it to do some fun quest cole decides to go the opposite direction instead of everybody else he talks to his brother and is like i'll see you later um so he goes off into the woods then we flash forward and sideways and all kinds of stuff and we go to a little town in ohio in 2019 and we meet brooke and she is a teacher and she um, is talking to one of her students who really bombed on their midterm and because she broke up or her boyfriend broke up with her and she's all heartbroken and Brooke gives her a big long speech about how true love and knights in shining armor are not real and she should just focus on her own goals and uh, basically not let a boy ruin her life. Then she gets a call from her sister who um, needs her to take her niece to the Christmas castle. It's opening night of the Christmas castle. And she agrees to do that. Uh, And she she goes to to meet her niece. Then we flash back and sideways again to the woods. And Sir Cole is kind of just wandering around in the woods. He's not finding the falcon that he was looking for. And he meets this old crone. And 
seems perfectly nice to her other than calling her an old crone. And she basically tells him that if he wants to become a true knight, he's going to have to follow his heart and he'll find his quest, but he has to complete his quest before Christmas Eve. And they say it in like old English Eve of Christmas or whatever. And he's like, I don't understand. Why are you talking in riddles? And she gives him a medallion that starts glowing blue and the blue light and a poorly placed fog machine transport him to uh, Ohio and to the Christmas castle where we see Brooke again with her niece and she spills hot chocolate on him. And we meet her niece and her niece sits on Santa's lap and asks Santa for a puppy and also for her aunt to get a boyfriend that won't cheat on her. And so that's a little depressing. And so then they kind of go their separate ways. (laughs) And she is driving home in a snowstorm and she can't see anything. She's going just like, you know, two miles an hour, but she ends up hitting him with her car and um, a police officer pulls over and agrees to take him to the hospital. She follows them to the hospital because apparently she has no trouble driving to the hospital. And so they go to the hospital and they think he's lost his memory because he keeps thinking he's a knight. But other than that, he's fine. The, he doesn't have any ID on him. And so the police officer is like, well, I was just going to let him sleep at the station. And he's like, no, I'll sleep under a tree. And she's like, no, I have a guest house. Come stay at my guest house. And so the police officer just lets her (laughs) take this strange man into her uh, guest house where he stays. She introduces him to, or she teaches him how to um, work Alexa and play music and how to watch Netflix on TV. And so he spends the night watching tv and learning all of the customs of of the modern world so he tells her that he's you know this night he never lies about it um but he has to find a quest and his quest is nothing to do with anything that they think it is apparently so he has to follow his heart and the beautiful woman in front of him is clearly not the right quest because that would be far too easy watch tv for a whole day he helps her decorate her tree and they talk about their parents and they bond over parent talk um they go to the grocery store and he tastes the bread and thinks it's disgusting and wants to make his own he helps her prepare for the charity feast that she does every year since her parents um are no longer there to do it and they bond over that he stops a pickpocket. He tells a woman how to help her husband's back that he pulled. And he also rescues her niece from falling in ice. Like, she didn't fall in ice. Like, he stopped. He helped her not crack the ice had fallen. Right. So, lots of good things happen. They bond over everything. He's a hero. Everybody loves him. And um, there's also a father, a single father, who has a bunch of children and the town sort of orchestrates uh, getting him some money and getting his kids gifts for the holidays to show their appreciation for him. Um, and then finally on the Christmas Eve, at the Christmas Eve feast, um, her kind of slutty neighbor teaches him about mistletoe. And so finally him and Brooke kiss 
And then his medallion starts glowing and he realizes that he's, you know, he must go back to the Christmas castle. So they drive together to the Christmas castle because that's where he showed up. So he assumes that's where he needs to go to go back. He kind of professes his love to her, but then says he has to go because he has to be there for his brother who is getting knighted. He disappears and she is very confused about that. And doesn't know what to do. She goes home and starts crying. She finds the magic bean. Or the Christmas bean. Getting explained, but... <laughs> yeah, so the Christmas bean was in the bread that he made. Whoever finds it makes a wish. So she finds it while she's crying. And she makes a wish that he'll come back. Then we flash back over to him. He appears at the castle. Not in the woods where he disappeared from at the beginning. But he appears at the castle. He meets his brother. And he finds his horse. And... His brother, like, he's looking for the horse the whole time. But he finds his brother, and his brother is basically, like, figures out that he's in love and that he needs to go and be with this girl instead of being there for his knighting ceremony. And so he goes off to find the crone. He asks the crone to send him back, and she agrees. He goes back. We see Brooke. She wakes up the little girl that had asked Santa for a puppy gets a puppy and nobody knows how because none of the parents bought the puppy for her. And um, it's just kind of a Christmas miracle. And then, of course, um, they go to the Christmas castle. Cole shows up with his horse and they just kind of live happily ever after. Yay! Merry Christmas. He'll either become a police officer or open a bakery. Yeah, one of the two. <laughs> Oh, and then there's an end scene with his brother and the crone. So, yeah, during the credits, there is a teaser for a sequel with his uh, brother meeting the crone as well. So that's basically the story in a nutshell. And we'll start talking about it. We found uh, four basic missed opportunities that all of our notes kind of fit into. This one, The first one was bad editing. Such bad editing. Okay, you guys. <laughs> Let me just rant for a second about the editing. <laughs> so, okay. So, I really didn't like this movie. Like, I know what you're thinking. This sounds like it's totally right up my alley because I love medieval things. I love fantasy. I love romantic comedies. This should really... I love Christmas movies. Like, this should totally be up my alley. But I just don't think it was done very well, which... One of the big issues that I had was the editing of this movie. So there are several times in this movie where the camera is lingering on somebody for way too long. Like, uh, especially, so the very first one, well, actually the first note that I have about it is when they, so it tells us where they're at. It tells you the town, you know, England, and it tells you the year. And the font is hard to read, and it's the same color as the background. And then when it flashes to 2019, it's even worse because it's white font on top of white snow, and the camera's moving, and it's very hard to read. <laughs> and I really didn't like that. And then the next thing is when he gets transported to you know, the new land, he's covered in this really, and actually pretty good CGI blue light, right? It was perfectly fine. But then it just kind of, the camera just stays on him for like ever. 
And then he finally disappears and you can see the fog machine. And it's like, why is there a fog machine? You had the pretty blue light. That's all you needed was the pretty blue light. Just cut it, right? It's the blue, just cut it. And then there was another time when um, at the end where he taught, like they go to this Christmas Eve party and um, he's, he's friends with the little girl. He's like teaching her how to be a knight and the little girl that he saved. And he's like, I have one thing to do. Apparently there's non-believers here. So he goes and he puts on his armor. Well, we literally see him like making a menacing face at the camera for like four seconds. And then the camera shows a different angle of people taking pictures of him because he looks like a knight and it makes sense. And it's like, why didn't you show that one first? And why did you linger so long on the picture of like of him looking that way? Like it just, that scene was edited really, really badly and it bothered. There's a couple of scenes where um, the editing is just really rough. One of the scenes is, um, so he catches a purse snatcher, right? And then the guy, the police come and the policeman is about to put cuffs on the, on the perpetrator, you know, like on the kid that stole the purse. And then the police officer walks away from the kid before he puts on the handcuffs. And another police officer comes and puts handcuffs on him. And it's happening in the background, but literally like the, the, the kid is like has his hands behind his back and then he like turns around and looks at the at the actor the other police officer and she like comes up it was just it was really bad um oh and then the very first time that he shows up he's in this christmas village he has no idea what's going on he's kind of stumbling around and this girl comes up and is like can i take can we take a selfie with you and he doesn't understand that, obviously. But she starts to take a selfie. And it's like four girls all huddled around him. And one of them is like taking the picture. And it literally shows her camera and like the picture she's taking. And it's just her and him. And it's like her friends can see that. Why? Like, I don't I don't know. If I am <laughs> like, why? Like, he, like, why did you even put that in there? You have the picture of the four girls there like just or leave it blank like a lot of people do or just don't show it from that angle I don't know it was just really there was a lot of editing problems in this movie you guys (laughs) and now I'm done that was that was my rant (laughs) for, for the editing of this movie I don't know if you have any notes at all on this I just needed to rant for a little bit thank you all for indulging me cut your <laughs> um i did think the end with the christmas eve banquet thing was a little weird um it did take you a moment to realize why he looks menacing i don't know who the unbeliever was supposed to be so i don't know why he just dressed i mean i know why he dressed up to get pictures and make people happy but who was this unbeliever he talks about i don't know i think it was the other little girl that he was with her when she rescued when he rescued what Claire Claire yeah when he rescued Claire it was the other little girl because she's like he is a knight but like she was playing with her she was teaching him knight like she uh Claire was teaching her like how to sword fight because, how to be a knight yeah how to be a knight so it's like wait when did she become a non-believer what and that goes into the other problem I have with this movie <laughs> yeah this movie I I watched it 
I didn't hate it. I would be okay if I never saw it again, but I'd also be okay if someone was like, we're having a Christmas party and that's the movie that's going to be on and we'll either watch it or have it in the back. Like, I wouldn't mind. I'd watch it again. But I don't know what the message was supposed to be at the end. Yeah, throughout, like, the whole movie. So, like we said, she talks to the girl at the beginning about how true love doesn't exist. But then at the end, when Cole leaves, she sees the student, and she's like, I was wrong. True love does exist. Like, you should focus on your goals. But, yeah, true love does exist. Like, that poor student has just got to be so confused. Yeah, I wouldn't... I don't think that student should keep going to the main character for advice anymore. Ever. Ever. Because she's, I mean, she's pretty main character-y, you know, for these romance things. They don't have a whole lot of personality or works or anything like that. But especially in this one, honestly, I couldn't tell you a single thing that that character likes or dislikes other than Cole, the (laughs) knight um and I had quite a lot of personality even through I think a lot of times people mistake speaking like coming coming from the past or speaking the way the past they they make them very stiff and formal and like not showing emotions I think he did a really good job of portraying a character from the past without an actual personality because even people in the past had personalities um I did appreciate that he had a personality I didn't I didn't enjoy his personality. (laughs) (laughs) He was kind of dumb, but I not just because he was a knight from the 14th century in the 2019 world. He actually picked up on the modern world quite quickly. Um, But then in other things, he was dumb. But we'll get to that later. Um, But the muddy message basically is just, it was muddied because I guess the... So during the Christmas Eve banquet, she says, Christmas to me is a season of giving. And they they give the single father some money in an envelope and they um, donate a bunch of presents to his kids so his kids get everything they ask for Christmas and then, you know, new shoes and clothes and things, things they need. And, um, And that's what, that's like one of the last things that Cole thinks is his quest. He's like, you know what? he has a good heart. Maybe that's my quest to like help give and give his family what they need. Um, So like that's near the end, but then the true quest is him finding his love. And he says, one of the night, the first nightly virtues is love. I know that now, but he's been a knight for like at least six years now. Yeah. And he's been in love before. He mentions that he's been in love before and would have married her, except he had to fulfill his quest. And by the way, Brooke never asks him what he thinks his quest is. She's always just pointing to things he does. It's like, that's your quest. Like, she never sits down and is like, what is this quest you speak of? Well, and- what does it entail? What do you want as your quest? Yeah, well, and then he's like, she spoke in riddles. And Brooke is never like, okay, what's the riddle? Let's figure this out. no. They never yeah. try and figure it out. She's just like, how can that not be proving that you're a noble knight? You single-handedly stopped a purse snatcher. You know, like, just, they never try and figure it out. And then, like, was he not loving before? Like, he seemed pretty loving towards his brother. But they, they make it- And towards the crown. Yeah, like, he was nice to the crown. He was nice to his brother. Like, 
it wasn't like he was a jerk and had some big, you know, character arc of becoming nice or anything, you know, like of becoming love or, or realizing the value of love or anything. Like, no, he just randomly was like, they just forgot. Oh yeah. Your whole, the whole point of this is to fall in love. And it's like, well, but he, he was in love before. <laughs> so does he just have to be in love with the right person or like, what is the message here? Here's the thing, because he, I actually think I would have preferred to see a movie where he starts off as someone who's really kind of like a Beauty and the Beast thing. He's really mean and a jerk and old crone comes and bewitches him. But she like, instead of turning him into a beast, she just sends him to 2019 and he has to learn to be kind and, and in the, at the <laughs> same time falls in love. Like, I think I would have liked that story. You realize that's sure. Because it would give him his character arc. His character arc was just a really nice person because he's very very kind and awesome but like a really nice awesome kind person falling in love with someone else who we are to assume is really nice kind and awesome because she doesn't really have much of a personality but yeah but that would be the that's literally the plot to thor it's a Christmas movie. Who's gonna care? I'm perf- you know I love Thor. I would be perfectly happy <laughs> with a it- Christmas Thor. Like, <laughs> but plus this movie would take longer than Thor. Thor took three days. This movie had like a good week. Yeah, a whole week to from the like <laughs> I yeah I per- yeah I totally agree with that. I, I, if there had been a character arc for him to you know, really understand love and something that he's always taken for granted or something he didn't really think was valued or valuable. And we saw that he didn't think that it was valuable and it made sense that he's now like changing for the better because he fell in love. I'm totally, I'm all for that story. (laughs) But this one was just like, well, and then at the end, the crone is all like, okay, I guess you've proved yourself. I'll send you back now. When he like, he comes back and then he wants to go back to be with Brooke. She's just like looking at him all judgmental and like, mm-hmm, okay, well, you've proven yourself. So, okay, I'll send you back. And it's like, what, what? Why was he proving himself? Why was he proving himself to you this whole, what do you have to do with being a true knight? You're a crone. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense in universe. Like I, I completely understand that a knight traveling through time and space to get to America is, doesn't make sense, but you can make it make sense in universe. You know, like they have the line of, Oh, well the only, you know, if you don't believe in things you can't understand, then only things you perceive are possible or however they say it, which I really like that concept that, you know, just because you can't explain it doesn't mean that it can't happen. I totally am all down for that. But there was never a clear message of this. It wasn't, you know, true love above all others. It wasn't like, you know, true love conquers all. It wasn't, you know, like learning to love even in difficult circumstances. It was none of that. It was just like, for a very long time watching two people too stupid to figure out that a quest of the heart means you should probably try and fall in love with the girl that is right in front of you that you're clearly attracted to and is letting you live at her house. Which by the way, her guest house was nice and big. She kept saying it's nothing it's that big, it's really small, nothing special. Her guest house was like a house house. I know. I want to live in that guest house. 
right? <laughs> it was legit a house house. Like, yeah. Well, and then it like, I don't know. I got confused as to when she was in the guest house and when she was in the actual house because they kind of look the same. Because the guest house was the house yes. house. <laughs> Um, and they never really showed her house. Like, they showed the guest house because she was showing him around, but they didn't really, like, give a tour of her house. So we couldn't tell the difference in, like, decorations or fixtures or anything. Yeah. And the um, only time that, what was I gonna like, say? you hear about her. So I was going to say something. Also, he, he comes out after a shower with just a towel on. Isn't he from the 14th century? Don't they have, like, rules about men and women alone together and not a lot of clothing i think especially as a daddy he would protect her honor um uh it's actually a little bit different for men like if a woman had come out with a towel on that would have been scandalous but as he is a man being shirtless around women is not all that scandalous really i mean them being alone together was scandalous in and of itself but, like, he could have walked around town without a shirt on and it wouldn't have been scandalous. But if a woman showed her ankles or anything like that, other than, like, her just straight-up cleavage, it was a problem. Fascinating world. <laughs> <laughs> also, okay, sorry, this I remembered when I talked about, like, the whole Beauty and the Beast thing. Was it Vanessa Hudgens that was in that show Beast? Yes, it was Vanessa Hudgens. So maybe that's why they didn't go with that take because she's already done it. Maybe. But okay, you can have a redemption arc or a character arc without it being Thor or Beauty and the Beast. Or like honestly, like this movie is the the same as Kate and Leopold, except it's done worse. You know, like it's the same idea of taking someone from back in the day and putting them in modern times, or taking someone from modern times, you know, the Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court um it's all that you know it's out of time so it's like your cop like this is not an original story so you can do whatever you want with it nobody's gonna be upset that it kind of mimics you know (laughs) the the plot of another story I personally would have loved if it was Thor just because I love that movie and I am a sucker for you know pretty boys that are too arrogant and too big for their britches and then kind of get their comeuppance and humble themselves like I'm a sucker for that (laughs) So I really wish they would have done any type of character arc to make the story make sense because the story doesn't make sense. I think what they were going for, and this all goes into the money message thing. So we find out, you know, she has a kind of crappy ex-boyfriend who doesn't at this point in life. Um, She has a crappy ex-boyfriend. We find out he cheated on her, which is just not great at all. And I think what she, you know, she talks about, I don't think men like that really exist, at least not nowadays and like all this stuff. I think what they were going for was like, here's this great guy, like exactly what she's looking for, what she wants. And we're just going to like pop him out of medieval times and pop him into modern time. And his character arc will be learning modern stuff. But then he picks up modern stuff in like one night, which, okay, there is this, forgive me, uh, Taya, but th- I watch Korean dramas, not a lot. I've only seen like four or five. So chill. <laughs> or if you're a Korean drama fan, I'm sorry, I've only seen four or five. But there's one that is where a guy comes from like the very far back in Korea's history, goes to modern time. 
And of course, it's a series, so they have longer, but I like their approach because even near the end of the series, he still was so, there's always something new to learn and be confused about. And he argued about some of his morality, like some of his ethics and morals and thoughts of the day from back then. Because here's the thing, he grew up with thinking this way, this is what women do, this is what men do, this is how this is done. And and the only time we ever saw Cole really try to keep the values of his days when the niece Claire asks if girls can be knights as well and he says no and Vanessa Hudgens character says yes and he immediately goes with that yeah but I was kind of hoping he would be like no like where I like no girls are not knights only men are knights girls go and do this which in today's world is in society is not the most acceptable thing but from where he's from from what he grew up with what he knows respectable women didn't go to war except as like nurses or something baby i don't know but they didn't fight yeah. <laughs> and not in, not in english society maybe other ones but not english but so i was kind of hoping that if they were going to do the arc of his character arc is learning the modern world and that's all they did I wish they would have had him be upset at some things uh, how things have changed women dress this way men dress that way men do this and women do this and like what's go- like I just I kind of wish there was more of that instead it was more of a he's so kind and awesome that even though he's like centuries like that like hundreds and hundreds of years ahead he's not going to be outraged by how people are dressed or technology or anything and I kind of missed that yeah this is the arc really poorly there's a Korean drama somewhere out there I think it's called like Queen Hyun-in's Man if you want to see a really good time travel love story that's a good one because it is but (laughs) they missed the mark on this one I I feel like they didn't actually want to do anything with the medieval knights or with his time period they just kind of picked a time I feel like they didn't really have any historical I don't know they didn't really care about whether or not it was historically accurate they had a couple of things in there that that were nice but it's like literally the only thing that they wanted was the chivalry thing And then they're just like forgot everything else. But what they didn't understand was there's a lot more to chivalry than what we think today, you know, because today we just, yeah, what we think of a chivalry is men, you know, opening the door for us and stuff like that. It was a big, like a huge life encompassing ideal that people had. And it did say that women couldn't show their ankles and it, and like chivalry, had rules for women too you know and they didn't even like address that and I I wish that they would have done something like even even something small like when Claire asked to be in like can women be night nights or whatever and he says no like I wish he would have explained what women did do I wish they would have explained women's roles and what made women important and special and embraced like the good of chivalry for women and you know like because I'm all for you know yeah she can be a knight or she you know you can be whatever you want to be but that doesn't mean that you demean what women were back then and they don't even mention it and I just feel like that's a missed opportunity that they don't even mention like the good of what women were you know it's like 
just because they couldn't be knights doesn't mean they couldn't be amazing. You know, they could, they could do a lot of things back in the day and they were very good at it. And so I kind of wish they had at least mentioned that, or he, you know, could have said something like women get to be ladies and they get to do X, Y, and Z, but he doesn't say anything and they just kind of breeze over it. And it would have been an opportunity for him to kind of expand his idea of what women are capable of because he would come from the whole like, well, women do this and this and this. And then they could be like, well, today women can do a whole lot more. Um, And it's not that they couldn't back then as far as abilities. It was that of like society views kept them from that. So it would have like opened his eyes to like what society states versus like, Maybe, maybe just base someone off of their actual abilities and what they show you they can do versus what society or even chivalry mm. shows you, which I think is an important lesson for everyone to learn. Don't make assumptions well, about and I, people. Just believe what yeah. they do. But I feel show. like people made assumptions about women in that time period and they did nothing to squash it. Yeah. You know, like they did nothing to, they didn't do anything to make any character development at all basically they didn't they didn't go yeah. any deeper than the very very surface level of him being from another time of him being a knight of him, like everything they did was so shallow in that perspective and do you think they just wanted the, the title to be cool like the book like the night before christmas but with the k they thought that would be fun so they just rolled with it but like no one did research they just yeah like seriously like nothing I don't know I mean they did like the handshake which they didn't grab because he says like um we grab like knights grab each other's hands to prove that we're they don't have weapons they grab each other's wrists not their hands like you know like yeah so there was little things like that you know there was little things that I noticed that a lot of other people probably didn't notice but like um with the way he handles a sword and the way he handles the axe and things like that. But it's just kind of frustrating that they didn't do like they, it was like they looked on Google for a bunch of facts about knights and then they just kind of tossed them in there like every now and then. And I just wish they would have gone deeper and actually made it a part of character development. And they didn't do that. And they didn't explain like, she doesn't believe in true, true love because she was cheated on and and then at the end she believes in true love but the way that they set it up was like don't let you know your belief in true love make you bomb your midterm you know believing in true love makes you stupid and then at the end it's like no true love exists but you're still not stupid but you know it was just like what was what was the message I'm sorry because her character arc was like weird because it was like she didn't believe in true love but she did she wanted to date she wanted to have another boyfriend she just didn't yet you know and his character arc was nice guy at the beginning of the movie and nice guy at the end of the movie you know like there wasn't there was no character arcs and if you're going to have one stagnant character that's fine you know sort of like that's how Indiana Jones is. Indiana Jones doesn't have character arcs because he's the super awesome guy and he stays super awesome throughout the movie. And it's more about the plot, not the character arc. But this one, everybody was stagnant. Every, you know, the plot wasn't interesting enough for it to be an adventure. It was just kind of like, we're helping you on your quest, but you're not learning anything because you're already the only thing you haven't figured out is that 
you're in love with the girl and you need to kiss her. That's, that's all you need to learn. Kiss the girl. <laughs> the bad dialogue, because holy oh my dang, goodness, the dialogue in this movie. Funny. The first scene with Vanessa Hudgens, she teaches, I'm not sure, I think biology, and I don't know why I think that, but I don't know what she teaches for sure. She teaches something. She's talking to Paige. You've always been an A student. That's why your midterm uh, midterm grades concern me, like what's going on. And she tells her, and this is someone, I'm assuming high school slash middle school age, like 15-ish. And she's like, Grayson broke up with me. I thought he was my prince. And I was like, hold it right there. I have nieces who are teenagers. I am like, I know teenagers from like my nieces, from their friends, from the fact that I used to be a Sunday school teacher for teenagers, both boys and girls, because it was, you know, Sunday school. So they're all together. I've also been a teenager. (laughs) <laughs> and I remember those years actually quite well and yes teenagers are dumb and they're very like love true love and they're very dramatic teenagers aren't super dumb by the way just it's with love it's new to them it's exciting it's extremely dramatic but I don't care how dramatic love is for you I have never yet heard any child above the age of like six refer to their crush as their prince okay I have a niece who's seven and a niece who's nine they would never talk like that to be fair, though, Colton <laughs> is their father. <laughs> Colton is my brother. For those who don't know Tay's brother, it's not funny to you. But for those who do. <laughs> I'm just saying but yeah, that, like, not only do people not talk like that, the way they had her say it didn't make sense. And the response, like, the dialogue that Vanessa Hutchins gives is so bad. And there was several. That whole scene is just awful with dialogue. I was cringy the whole time. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, you actors. And then she's talking to a girl who just like clearly had her heart broken and she is just all smiles. And she is like, she's trying to have like this deep conversation with this student and she is smiling so wide. And I'm like, who like, who directed this and thought, oh yeah, we need to keep this light and airy. So this like, extremely sad topic you're just you just need to smile the entire time make sure that you never like let your cheeks rest okay you have to be smiling it was you have to be like Barbie and Toy Story just your cheeks hurt I just I don't know like she learned and then when she's even when she's crying at the end she's still smiling like freaking (laughs) watching Anne Hathaway I really was not impressed. Like I was, I was not impressed with Vanessa Hutchins in this movie. I've seen Vanessa Hutchins in other fun um, romance movies. I've seen Beastly. I watched High School Musical. Like I don't have a problem with Vanessa Hutchins. I never have before. But I got to tell you, I did not like her acting choices in this movie at all. Like, but do you think it was acting choices or directing choices? Because you have seen her in other. Things. I don't know because. I don't know what she was going for. Like you said, this character doesn't have personality. Well, she's a main lead in a romantic comedy centered around Christmas time. They no, but don't. I'm sorry for people who like those movies. I just it's it's true. They all have the same but personality. Even some no, I've seen like 
there are some nowadays where they have personality. It's not like a deep personality, but they usually have like at least one characteristic that they hang on to, you know, like they're the sassy girl or they're the all business and they never have fun girl, you know, like they're, they're assigned at least one personality trait and then they beat it like a dead horse. But like, you know what I mean? (laughs) She had none. (laughs) She didn't have anything. And then not only that, Smiling was her personality, Taya. Yeah. Smiling. She was the <laughs> she's happy She's just happy. Girl. Even when she's depressed, she's perfectly happy. I don't know. She didn't have any personality traits. And then Vanessa Hutchins, you know, she doesn't really have, like, I remember in the scene at the grocery store, um, he's she's like, I don't know how to cook. And I was like, oh, she doesn't know how to cook. I wouldn't have thought that. You know, like, she has, you know, like, she has a lack of a trait, but she doesn't have a trait, you know? <laughs> and I was just like, that, and that is like midway through this movie. And we're just learning something about her that was never shown before because she lives in her parents' house. So she's got like homey type things all around her all the time. So it didn't really make sense that she couldn't cook or that she didn't cook, you know, like, and, and that was the only time yeah. that there was any real personality coming out from her. And she was still smiling. <laughs> so I did. Yeah, I didn't like her acting choices. And if it was the director telling her to do that, I don't like his choices or her choice. I don't actually know who directed it. But I think it was a female director. That makes me even more annoyed. <laughs> now, here's one thing that we're not considering. Do we think maybe this was just meant for way younger audience? Because our next is the dumbed down part. <coughs> this movie was dumbed way down, which kind of goes with the bad dialogue, honestly. So I'm kind of lumping them together well, right now. But do you think <laughs> they just wanted this movie to be for six and seven-year-olds? <laughs> well, I watched it with um, a five-year-old, a six-year-old, and a nine-year-old, and none of them liked it. So no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um so okay and I okay I have to bring this up it's different it's back to the bad dialogue and I have to bring it up because we've talked about this before Laura (laughs) but there is a time there's a moment when they get the dog and they (gasps) the Star Star Wars Wars elevator elevator moment did you do it no did you (laughs) I will say at least the actress there gave him the look of like (laughs) are you that seriously that dumb So kudos to her for recognizing it was like the dumbest question yeah. ever. But yeah. Uncle Claire gets the puppy. Mom turns to the husband and she's like, hey, husband, did you get our daughter a puppy? Like, because she's in complete disbelief. No, says the lawyer. Did you? <laughs> it's just so funny. I'm, I'm it's insane. such lazy writing. I just, and we talked about it when we talked about Star Wars. Is this just lazy filler writing? And then <laughs> them dumb like if they're established that they're dumb that's fine but he's a lawyer he was gone for a good part of the movie preparing was- for a case and then there's a lot of different types of lawyers out there but generally they're pretty intelligent <laughs> no did you i had flashbacks taya maybe that's why my brain was trying to forget <laughs> it i was and then i was just like oh that reminds me of laura <laughs> star wars I will never, never, never let that <laughs> moment live down. By the way, we need to revisit Star Wars 3 because I have an idea that could have made, I have the high ground now, a better, better. I could have made that work, Taya. 
I know well, anything would be better. <laughs> <laughs> but with that exact line, I would keep that line and keep the setup, everything the same. But I know, anyway, we'll do a revisit <laughs> of it or something because it, okay. I have an idea. Um, the other bad dialogue ones, let's see. Oh, <laughs> I'm your quest, so <laughs> question mark. So, oh my gosh, yeah. it's so bad. So he like tells her, "You yeah. are my quest. I'm your quest." And it's like, how stupid are you, people? No, no. <laughs> the redhead down the street was his quest. It was you. Uh, and then at the end, the very last one, she's like, "My handsome knight," <laughs> and he's like, "My beautiful oh. lady," or whatever he says. I don't even remember. But she opens the conversation <laughs> with "My handsome and like- knight," and I was just like. Oh, oh, it's so bad. Well, that and like as they were leaving the Christmas, whatever palace, castle, whatever it was, people were saying that she's just like, look at that couple in love on a horse. That's so like great and cheering them on as they were. And I'm like, people would just walk <laughs> around them, maybe comment on the horse, but they just walk around them. They wouldn't all collectively as a group get together and cheer for them no. on their way out. Oh, it was so the dialogue in this movie. is hollow. Like dialogue in this movie was so rough, and like Vanessa Hutchins was a producer on this movie, so I an executive producer. So I just I don't think like she had some say in what these people were t- like, what this dialogue was. And it's like, you have to say these things. Like, it's one thing if you get a script as an actor and you have to say the dumbest things in the world and you're like, Ugh, how do I make this work? But then if you like have some say over yeah. what the script is and then you give yourself crappy dialogue and you're just like, I don't know. I, maybe I should change this. No, I don't know how. I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> like, I don't know. It was and again, maybe they thought they were marketing toward a really young audience. I, I know you watch it with a young audience, but some people think that you have to dumb things down or make really cheesy dialogue to connect with young people, which is not true. Because while they're not like, mature in terms of life experience, they are mature enough to know when they're being well, handled and to. I'm sorry, but not a lot of... like Claire was not the main character of this story. Claire doesn't get a lot of screen time in this story. And she is the only, Mm -hmm. like, main child who gets, you know, any screen time. And so it's like, you don't gear movies towards children, like a romantic comedy towards children with adult, with like adult actors, unless unless it is a family kids movie, you know, like, unless it's a kids movie. This was not marketed as a kids movie. It was marketed as a christmas romance movie like a hallmark movie but for netflix you know it it, i think it like i will go through what it dumbed down but i don't know why it dumbed it down other than i think netflix just thinks we're dumb (laughs) we are because we watched it i've watched it twice now and we're doing a podcast on it so we fell into the trap (laughs) we helped netflix be like yes this is a movie that people will watch (laughs) We hope that algorithm. You're welcome, everyone. If it keeps popping up on your feed, it's 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 because yes. of us. You're welcome. So going along, we'll move we'll move on to the fact that they dumb this down. Um, my first note for that is um, why why in the world did she give him <laughs> her keys? <laughs> oh my gosh, he drives her car. 
He's from 1334. He's been there two days. And she gives him the keys to her. I thought she was going to go with him. I thought that was going to be, oh, they're going to have like a nice little fun day out with her driving him where he needs to go. No, she. Also, they had carriages in the 14th century. Why does he think it's a horse? Like he keeps calling it a steed. And I'm just like, why does he not think it is a horseless carriage? Like, you're inside it. It's not a horse. Stop calling it a horse. Because they didn't Google that fast. Yeah, apparently they don't have carts or carriages or any type of transportation other than a horse. So here's my thinking. He comes from an alternate universe, 1334. So this old crone is way more powerful mm-hmm. than we ever Multidimensional, thought right? She was. Multidimensional. <laughs> and they don't have carriages. They don't have carriages. Only horses. Horses are the only Apparently. way to get around. And dragons, because they do mention dragons. Yes, he calls an airplane yeah. a steel dragon. But why did she give him his keys? I don't understand. And then, like, he's, like, driving and he just... How does he know how to put it in park? He like or reverse or, or reverse. like or drive for that matter. Why didn't he just get in and like because press like the pedals? it has a moment of him like oh so the wheel is the reins and stuff and this is the radio and but that's like it like she doesn't teach him how to drive and like they kind of play it off no. and she's like oh you remember how to drive because they all think he has amnesia but like. Still, like he's ta- he calls it like he's calling it a steed. He's calling it a steel horse. Like clearly, this man is not okay to drive. <laughs> like, why did you give him your keys? Okay. And she has a moment of like, oh no, I shouldn't have done that. But then of like horror. But then she's like, it's gonna be okay. No, it's not. Like the fact that he didn't. Kill yeah, like you can run blessing. over people. You can slam into other cars. Like. I mean, you're lucky that all he did was abandon it on the side of the sidewalk, you know, <laughs> like, it was a funny bit that she gave him her keys. And so they just went with it. They didn't care. A lot of things, a lot of things were just dumbed down. Like the, the riddle here. I, I'm sorry. Until he said that, I didn't think the crone was really talking in riddles because she kept mentioning the heart and stuff. And you have this long and I'm like, okay, I have to follow. Yeah, it was not time. difficult to figure out at all. It wasn't like a Percy Jackson riddle where like you like he goes in to get the prophecy for the quest and it's like what the heck is that? And then he goes on the quest and like it makes it no. it wasn't like that. It was perfect. Yeah, it was like you need to follow your heart and then he like they can't figure it out. Like I'm sorry, <laughs> you can't figure it out. Well would have been funny if they did figure it out, but then she set him yeah. up on a bunch of dates. <laughs> that would have been funny. <laughs> <laughs> like that would have been really Teo, we should just here's an idea. We should start a production company and make movies because we have good <laughs> if ideas. Only. Yeah. <laughs> no, I send your audition yeah, absolutely. For email. <laughs> your little sisters productions at gmail.com. I really okay, so Christmas like romantic Christmas movies are very predictable. All romantic hallmark style picture uh movies are predictable we accept that we know there's gonna be happily ever after we know that there's gonna be you know 
you know, some girl is going to find some guy and they're going to fall in love. We all accept the predictability of these stories and we like it. And then we, we get one every now and then that stands out a little better than the others. So, but predictability is, is expected, but not when it's stupid, (laughs) you know, like we all knew that she was going to fall in love with the knight. We all knew that they were going to end up together. But the fact that the characters are like, gee, I wonder what on earth it could mean to follow your heart. Like, like really? <laughs> like figure it out and then go from there. Like- she never asks him what the riddle is. She never asks him any questions. Yeah, like what do you think the quest really? is? <laughs> when do you think, you-, you know, like nothing. It was just like... What riddle did the crone give you? Because you're, I could kind of believe that she wouldn't know if he never told her any part of it. He, if he was just like, she just spoke in riddles, and so I know I, I have to be here, but I don't know why. And if she, he never said, follow your heart, or it has to do with my heart, I could see why she would be dumbed down. But, but, and if she never asked for whatever insane reason, then it's okay for her to be. But she, one, she never asked, which is weird, because you would totally ask someone, oh, it's a riddle, why don't you spell it out and we can use google and me and like whatever friends we have to try and figure it out like she just kind of accepts that well she just keeps thinking it's like oh he's got to do something for the heart that must be some heroic quest like stopping a purse snatcher or saving a child or helping an old man like not anything to do with the heart you know like i don't know it was just dumb that they couldn't figure it out or they didn't really try to figure it out because if maybe she didn't want him yeah. to complete the quest and so she wasn't helping him purposefully and then you know she figures it out later you know like anything to kind of make it make sense as to why they are so stupid but no it was just that they were stupid <laughs> i mean maybe that's the personality <laughs> too, too. Stupid. <laughs> maybe they did show us yes they showed us the whole time um why it. does he sample the bread in the store i don't know he didn't sample anything else he seemed to understand well, the concept like, of keeping well, things like, in their package bread like he makes the bread right no baker back in any time yeah. period is going to be okay with you grabbing a loaf of bread and sampling it it was it was kind of like um george of the jungle type thing where it's like they just don't understand social decorum or something but it was like no he has stricter like codes of what is okay to do out in public than she does yet for some reason he thinks it's okay to open a package of rolls or he opens like two packages of rolls two or three he would put yeah take a bite and then put it back and then by the way do they take do they put it in their cart or do they just leave half bitten rolls in the store because (laughs) (laughs) they're not good people tan they just leave it there they do, however, purchase like eight canisters or something of. Well, and I like how she didn't explain that it, you know, one of those canisters makes like a hundred cups of co- uh, yeah. hot cocoa. Like she doesn't explain it to him. She's just like, we just yeah. need one. And then he like grabs like eight and then he just like slowly puts them in the cart and she's like watching him while she's on the phone. And it's like, why didn't you explain <laughs> to him? He doesn't know how to make hot chocolate yet. Like, so here's another thing. He looked like a petulant child in the store. Like his face expression as he put more in the cart 
reminded me of my toddler when I'm like, no, don't do that. And she looks at me and does the thing anyway. Like, what are you going to do? I'm doing the thing. How do you like them apples? Like, Well, and that's like another like toddler. George of the Jungle type thing. It's not an out of time thing. It's an out of society thing. And once again, he's not out of society. He yeah. has a stricter society than she does. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't understand the entire grocery store. Like, because at first it's like, when he's like, I've never seen such a bounty. And she's like, yeah, I guess I kind of take it for granted. And I was like, okay, that's a good message that we have a lot nowadays, especially compared to, you know, hundreds of years ago. But then he just, again, he just kind of went on to be George of the Jungle-esque type comedy instead of an out of time comedy. And I was just like, why, why is he sampling the bread? Why is he take? Why is she not explaining things? What is happening? <laughs> like, it was very again a muddled message, and it was dumbed down because dumbing it down for kids, I guess. I don't know. They were just trying to get in on all the markets. Taya, they have <laughs> like this little market. Like they have the romantic comedy Christmas market. They have the time travel medieval market. Now they want the yeah. Brendan Fraser fan. He ain't market. no Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Although I do wish she had tried to tame his yeah. hair at one point. Also, why are his teeth like all white and pearly? Like, <laughs> that's not something you would get from 1334. They did not have good dental hygiene. When the crone sent him back, she also gifted him a new <laughs> set of, de- of teeth. Um, um. So, okay. So Cole tracks down the girl in a snowstorm, like you do. And um, he finds Claire in the middle of a frozen lake... And she is straight up just standing there. Yeah. How, like, why is the other girl, like, in the snowbank and Claire is in the middle of the lake? The thing, they know about the danger of ice because Lily's like, the ice started to crack. So, like, they're aware that it's dangerous to be on ice that is cracking and everything. So why did Claire go out on the clearly frozen lake that's it's ice because it's frozen. So she got to the middle. Yeah. By it. So what happened here? Like she, she, she's old enough to know this. And she's not a toddler. The editing of they, that they, scene as well, because it just showed like, it's literally just a shot of her standing there in the middle of the lake. And it's like, were you guys ice skating? Were you guys playing around? But it was like, it was supposedly a huge blizzard. Which, by the way, at no point was anybody bothered by the wind or the snow. Everybody was just, like, happy and talking. And, like, nobody cared that there was, like, big old gusts of wind happening all over the place. And I'm sorry, but if it's snowing and it's that windy, you should be freezing. But nobody cared. Um, And then, but there's just a shot of the little girl in the snow or not even in the snow, in the middle of the lake, and the snow is calm at that point, which means they knew where they were, like, because, and there was only one girl in the middle of the lake, like, if the other girl had been out there, I could have, been, they could have, like, not realized that they were on the, the lake, because the snow was so bad, you know, it was snowing in the blizzard, they couldn't see, but no, one girl was on the side, and the other girl was in the middle of the lake, so it's like, you knew it was ice, you, you, you knew it and then it's just what why <laughs> it, re- it really didn't make sense and i don't i still don't understand yeah, why that they left anyway sense. because they were, they were doing a play date at the house like they never explained we went to go do this like we, we just got lost okay but like what were you doing that made you get lost so far from 
your house in the middle of a snowstorm. Nothing. Like they didn't explain anything. Like they didn't. I I really liked how he got her off the ice. I was very. Yeah, that was that correct. Was correct. I like the way great. he did it. I like the way that it happened. It was actually realistic of how he gets her off the ice. That's how. Is if ever anyone's stuck on frozen ice. I don't know why I know. I've read books. I've read a lot of books where people get stuck on ice. It's a very dramatic thing that authors do a lot. Um, but yeah, the correct way is to get down on your stomach and go very, very slowly because it spreads out your weight instead of putting so much yeah. weight on just one concentrated part. I mean, have spread out your weight. Also to rescue someone from the middle of a lake, if they have fallen in, grab a large branch or rope or something, get on your stomach, slide to them and have them grab the thing yes. and then have someone pull you back. Well, I know things things from experience because I grew up in the middle of the woods and we went on the middle of the lake purposefully (laughs) to try and break the ice because we're weird. But (laughs) did you at least have someone standing by with like a large branch or something? No, we made human chains a lot. And that was a fun thing. And we, we would like ice skate and then there would be like a part of the pond or whatever the wash that was like, a little too thin and so you like didn't go over there and you can tell um what when ice is not thick enough to be on and when it isn't and and and, and it was never deep water like you yeah. could we knew the where the bottom was like if we had fallen through the ice it would have come up to at most like our belly button you know we were never like yeah, so it was oh, never like this. We're out in the middle of the lake, you know. Well, I mean, we did go out in the middle of a lake, but that was completely frozen over and everybody. Yeah, but like I've all, <laughs> so I okay. as a child always knew <laughs> to lay down and, you know, tummy crawl back and disperse your weight, you know. And that's mm-hmm. how the human chain thing happened is you disperse the weight. Anyway, sorry. This, a little look into my childhood. <laughs> You guys get to learn. We don't just movie review on here. We teach you yeah. valuable life survival life skills. survival skills. If you're ever out in the middle of a frozen uh, pool of water, <laughs> uh, do not try and walk. Make sure you are this is how dispersing you your weight as much as possible and go slowly. Um. So at the end, when Cole returns, because he does return. Remember, he goes. They go back to the Christmas palace. He says goodbye to Brooke, and he goes back to mm-hmm. see his brother's knighting ceremony. And he finds his brother right at the nick of time. He's like, "It's gonna start very shortly." And he tells his brother, "I found my quest. I'm a true knight now." Which, by the way, he was knighted by the king, but apparently he didn't consider himself a true knight. I don't know how accurate that is historically. If they get knighted and then go on a quest, it seems. <laughs> counterproductive to me go on a quest and then get knighted anyway um but he tells him that and his brother is like you're in love he's like yes my quest was lady brooke and now i i want to go back to her you know she was she's my one true love she's my quest and the brother instead of asking like where is she like how did you meet her is that where you've been this whole time he just accepts that his brother has to go away and he will not see him again because he gets very very sad and like teary and he's like, you must go. Like, don't worry about the nighting ceremony. Matters of the heart are most important. Like, go ahead and go back to your true love. And it's a really sad parting. I'll carry you always in my heart. And he's crying. And I'm like, how did he know that one, this Lady Brooke that his brother talked of was so far away that he would never see his brother again? 
because all the brother says is, yes, I was lost in the woods. He doesn't say, I traveled to a different time and a different continent. That, like, he never said any of those things. How did the brother know? No one asks anyone questions in this movie. Brooke never asked Cole anything. The brother Nobody never asked Nobody explains Cole. Like, anything. Just, Nothing, like, doesn't... You never get to the bottom of anything. No. No. I want to get to the bottom of things. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm a very, very <laughs> curious creature. I got from two classes, <laughs> two different classes in the span of, I think, maybe one, maybe two years. No, it was just, yeah, two years. Um, from two different teachers, I got the award at the last day ceremony of asking the best, <laughs> meaning the most, questions of all I... the students. I'm very curious. Okay, Why I tell you what it feels anything? like. It feels like this movie was a first draft. Like you go through the story, you get all the plot points out, mm-hmm. and you know you kind of put like the the filler dialogue in there, and like okay, we're gonna do this, 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 and then you go back, you edit, and you refine, and you find really cool moments, and you fix the dialogue, and you work out all the kinks and make it really like a good flowing story i feel like they just skipped all that and we're like oh a first draft and we can call it a night before christmas that's amazing let's make it you know like they just everything was so (laughs) surface level they didn't edit they didn't go deeper like it feels like a first draft of a story like i feel like this could be a really good story and a fun christmas movie but it it needs some editing it needs some refining it needs some talent it you know it needs like a second pair of eyes on this script going okay but that actually doesn't make sense and that actually doesn't work and he has no character arc so you might want to put something in the beginning that you know gives you a starting point so that the end point actually makes sense that's what that's what they needed this was just a first draft and they just decided to make a movie off of the first draft never do that people (laughs) never a good idea no matter how good of an author you are, you need more than the first time you write something down. Um, let's see. So my next notes. So the beginning is very, like, it didn't feel authentic in any way. It felt very Renaissance vibes. And the first time I watched this, I thought, at like, at first it was just supposed to be, like, a Renaissance and not, like, a Renaissance fair. and Not an actual look back into that time period. But no, it yeah, so I, not great costuming, not great scene setting for that. I mean, and they probably didn't have a huge budget for back then, and they did have a castle, so I got to give them props for that. But it, the castle was cool. Yeah, and horses. But, I always like. Horses. I mean, you just put a horse in. Like that's not. <laughs> you just put a horse in there. <laughs> but they were pretty horses. Damn. Um. Okay. <laughs> So at some at one point when she hits him with her car, or okay, actually, first of all, so the crone gives him this medallion and he has the medallion on. And then the next yes. time we see him, he has the medallion underneath his chainmail hood, which goes all the way past his shoulders. Then she hits him with her car and it magically falls off of him somehow. But his chainmail hood does not just the chain around his neck that was under the hood comes off and then she gives it well it's a magic medallion Taya it can do what its master does which is just transport anywhere why? it wants to be because she like gives it 
she gives it back to him like two seconds later and says nothing about it and has no questions about it and nothing comes of it why didn't we just have it on top of no, his she email asked. oh you're right you're right she doesn't ask she just gives it back to him and he says thank you it's precious to me i thought she asked him a question no. because he said it's precious to me yeah she just gives it back well and it's like she follows him to the hospital she was always going she didn't like follow him to like give it back to him there was no point for it falling off and if they were going to have it fall off why didn't they put it on top of his chainmail hood why was it tucked underneath his chainmail hood yeah, I, I mean, I really can't answer. <laughs> just consistent. <laughs> think of it. They didn't have any. They didn't have. Yeah, they didn't have the continuance. Continuancy. That's the wrong word. The forethought to like look at the scene before and after and make sure the costume they didn't storyboard their costumes. Sense. There you go. That's what I was anyway, going. So for. that really annoyed me because I was like, because the first time I saw it and it was under his hood. Uh, of and I was just like well that's weird like we never got to like because that's hard to do to take your hood off and put the chain on and I was just like well that's kind of weird why did they put the chain underneath the hood and then when it falls off I was just like did it break nope because it definitely didn't break because he puts it on again (laughs) so many changes could have been done to this movie Taya to make it interesting she could have taken the medallion and it could have like glowed blue or something for her and she could be curious about it. She could figure out his quest is to fall in love and either set him up with a bunch of people or he asks to be set up with people and she sabotages it because she loves him and she try- is trying to get him to fall in love with her. He could have had an actual character story arc. She could have had an actual character yeah. personality. And then maybe an arc. I mean, heck, why not? Let's throw in an arc for a main yeah. character for once. Um, I'm not... The older I get, I think the less inclined I am to choose to watch a whole lot of romantic comedies. I don't know. I don't have a problem with romantic comedies. I don't have a problem with romance, happy endings, all that stuff. This one, I really did not enjoy. Which is really funny because I'm over here, like, the older I get, like, there are romantic comedies that I do watch and I enjoy very much, but, like, I don't clamor to watch every single rom-com oh, that comes out anymore. I used to. But now I'm, I'm, I'm pickier with them. So it's funny that me over here being the picky one, I was like, eh, like, I'll watch it again if ever anyone wants to. It's okay. And you're over there and you want to watch every rom-com that comes out and is rated what we watch. <laughs> And you're the one who doesn't like it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I've never been really huge funny. into rom-coms. I got into them mostly because I grew up very close to my brothers and they always wanted to watch action movies and I loved action movies, but then I never really got to watch a lot of the romantic comedies or any romance or drama movies. And so like, I kind of rebelled as a teenager or as a young adult and like bought all of the um, romantic comedies, all of the dramas that my uh, best friends watched at the time. And like, cause she was the only person that exposed me to like girly movies. <laughs> and so I don't know, I didn't grow up with a lot of, romantic comedies uh until I was like a young adult and then I was like all about the romantic comedies (laughs) so now I'm just like 
Now I'm, I'm just so like, okay, I like the romantic <laughs> comedies. I like the predictability. I love happy endings. I, but there are certain times when it's, if you don't like the characters, because like, because the story is so predictable, if you don't like the characters, it's not fun to watch. And that's really the key to Christmas movies, to rom-coms, because, which I love a happy ending too. I don't like sad endings, but if you're going to have a really predictable like Disney, for example, you know a Disney movie is going to end well and happy for the main character. You know that no matter what movie you go in to watch, but their characters, you love watching it because of because of the characters. That's what they market the toys as. They, they have all the dolls and action figures of the characters. They do like video games and things with them. And so you, you like the characters. So Disney does at least that part right with a lot of their movies, maybe not all, but a lot. And so that's one thing that you really need in these kind of cookie cutter things is to make the character stand out. And I feel like all they did with the characters was make them stand out as not having personality. It was like, they didn't go into anything. They didn't go into anything with her. It was just like, well, he's a knight and she's not. She does this really nice thing for charity once a year. We know Um, that. That's all. That's it. That's, that's all we got. Let's see. I did think it was funny when he's watching Netflix. Like, it shows, like, a net- couple of Netflix original movies. Holiday in the Wild and then the Holiday Calendar. Yeah, I haven't seen either of those, but I did recognize them from their trailers as ho- yeah, Netflix Yeah, I've seen both movies. of them. I thought that was hilarious. They're better than this movie. But I kind of really thought it would be funny if he found, like, a Harry Potter movie or something <laughs> and thought, like, witches and magic was normal. Right. And- um, let's see. <laughs> Oh, when he swings the axe to chop down the tree. Okay, so I will give them credit that they did. He did hold the axe properly. (laughs) I will give him that. But then him and the other guy that does it, like, they have no follow through. So they literally, like, as soon as they hit the trunk, they stop swinging. And the tree just falls over, which makes it very funny. Um because i don't know if you've ever i don't know that anybody else has ever chopped down a tree before but you need follow through if you're ever handling an axe follow through with it because if you stop it's not going to work <laughs> you don't stop it crap you stop it. well that's just yeah like <laughs> that's just newton's law of motion isn't it like it will go as long as nothing stops it and, and they're stopping the, the motion by not following through <laughs> not the tree stopping them it's them i mean of course obviously it was they were prop trees they were meant to be taken down and then put back up take after take so i could see why they asked them to not follow through but yeah. you can do some editing it, it magic with I, that. I did appreciate that he did at least hold the axe from the bottom of the handle and not up at the top because that is really annoying in movies when they hold the axe incorrectly and or hammers incorrectly so annoying Anyway, I did, I did appreciate that. Um, <laughs> and then I, we talked about this before. I, I liked that she didn't know how to tie a tie. Because <laughs> I was thinking, she comes up and she's like, he can't figure out yeah. how to tie it. So she starts doing it and it cuts away from her. like, And it doesn't show her trying to tie it. And I was thinking, that's funny that they're like cutting away. Because Vanessa Hudgens probably doesn't know how to tie the tie. And then it shoots, comes back and she's doing it wrong. And she's like, I actually have no idea what I'm doing. And I actually like that part because it was at least something wasn't super predictable. Like 
she could tie a tie. Um, so I like that part. That was something mm-hmm. that I appreciated. That was really funny. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have minded if he did end up in a tie somehow. I think that would have been nice for him to have a tie, but I thought it was cute that like, she's like, maybe I can give it a go and then just fail because everyone, well, I don't know if everyone, it's actually quite hard to tie a tie. I used to know how, and I, what I used to do is after I tied the tie, I would loosen it so that you just have to slip it over <laughs> I your know head a lot of people and I didn't have that. to be tied. <laughs> It's complicated, especially if you're not doing it day after day and stuff. So, but yeah, I kind of wish he would have had the, I, I don't know. I just wanted to see him in a tie. I'm weird like that. I also wanted there to be a scene where they did something with his hair. Not that his hair was bad. Yeah, I just wanted to see something makeover scene doesn't really make anything over. <laughs> yeah, he kind of, his hair kind of looked like Keith Ledger's yeah. in A Knight's Tale after he cut off the dreads. Probably what they the were going for. That's probably where they got but all their nice so information I, I, was from a night nice snow. <laughs> it was never it's meant not to be accurate, accurate, people. Great movie. Absolutely fantastic, wonderful, awesome movie. No. Watch it. Keith Ledger is but way it's too not small. Accurate. <laughs> and so is this guy, who whatever his name is. We didn't ever actually figure out what his name was, but he was like because I just ranted for a very long That's time about the I notes have. that I did have. <laughs> I think that the the message was muddled. The dialogue was so bad. The editing was very sloppy and unprofessional. And I didn't really like this movie. <laughs> and that's, that's, I should. I want to like it. I do. I just, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what will happen, Taya. We'll just make a move, our own time travel love story movie. And I don't know we'll, if I we'll really do like the out of like time romance. I like not a lot. Did you like Kate and Leopold? <laughs> there were parts of, like what I, I mean. What I liked, to be fair, yeah, what I liked yeah. about Kate and Leopold, but <laughs> was Hugh Jackman. I'm trying to remember Kate and Leopold. All I remember is. He was doing that commercial and then refused to do another take yeah. because he tasted the products I, and it tasted nasty. And the time travel of it is that's that what I remember. He, um, he creates a pretzel and he's like, I kept thinking that I needed to straighten out the pretzel, but I was wrong. And then she goes back in time and it's a whole thing. But like, I and I didn't enjoy the storyline of that movie. I didn't really love the characters of that movie. I liked her brother and I liked him. And that's really, like, there's other ones, like, um, A Kid in King Arthur's Court, like, I'll, I don't really like out-of-time movies, because I don't think it's funny when people, like, embarrass themselves, and I don't think it's, like, endearing. I've never so seen So you must Doctor just Who. absolutely hate Doctor Who. <laughs> but to be fair, Doctor Who isn't so, like, out-of-time comedy-esque as I mean, they do tra- travel in time, but they all also travel just. But like, it's not. I mean, it's not like a romantic plot of a movie where the point of it is that somebody is there out of time. It's one person who's out of time, and they're making a fool of themselves or doing things wrong or stupid or whatever. And I don't know. Um. No, but there is a scene where one of the companions gets. Uh, 
they think they're going to like the, I think the 1960s and I think they go back to the 1860s and she's in like these overall like short overalls with tights and boots and the queen of England whose name I can't remember <laughs> sees her and calls her a naked child <laughs> and she's like bring her in the carriage her nakedness bothers me not I've had three children like <laughs> so there's that scene but yeah no it, Doctor Who is definitely not like Kate well, Leopold that is our take on Night, Night Before Christmas. Christmas. I don't like it, and apparently, I don't really like out of time stories. So, take my opinion with a grain of salt. It is edited really poorly, and <laughs> the message is very muddled. But I mean, I want to say it's a cute Christmas movie. So, if that's what you're going for, go for it. But there's so many cute Christmas movies out there. I kind of want to be like, don't bother with this one. There's so many other ones. Like, watch the two that he watches. <laughs> watch the calendar one. Or the holiday in the wild. Those ones I actually <laughs> liked. It's cute. It's clean. And if you have a child who's obsessed with Renaissance and doesn't care about accuracy, <laughs> it's there for you. Because most children are not old enough for a night's tale till they're teenagers. So if they're begging to watch <laughs> nights, there you go. You got one. But yeah, it's cute. It's clean. Like a lot of other Christmas movies, which we will be reviewing or continuing to review different Christmas movies the rest of the year until Christmas is over. So go ahead and go to our Instagram or Facebook and leave a comment with either your favorite or least favorite holiday movie and tell us why. And we will might be able to choose, might be able to, dear heavens, we might choose <laughs> whenever you choose to write um, <laughs> to review. That was really poorly said. I'm sorry. I'm a professional writer. <laughs> that was <laughs> I can't word. Leave a comment with the movie. We'll see if we can do it for our podcast. <laughs> because I just that. watched that movie. That it was your first dialogue. Now you edit and try again. <laughs> edit. Third, second edit because I already did one. Leave a comment with your favorite or least favorite holiday movie. We will review and we will choose ones to Very do good, on good this job. podcast. <laughs> Bam. That's why revisions are necessary. <laughs> Uh, okay, everybody. <laughs> this is your little sister's production. Okay. I'm Taya.